Welcome to the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Mary Westcott, a mother, wife, and mom boss. This podcast is all about helping women to build a path to chase their dreams while becoming a greater version of themselves. Every Monday, join me as I will deliver a strong dose of inspirational topics from how to become a priority in your life to creating a strong bulletproof mindset for success. If you are a busy woman on the go who is in need of a simple pick-me-up, a dose of inspiration, or motivation, look no further. Come join me on the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. Looking forward to meeting you soon, beauty. Hello, my fellow mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. I have an amazing guest. Her name is Laura Stack. Laura is best known in the business world for her professional moniker, the Productivity Pro. Her 30-year career as a keynote speaker, best-selling author of eight productivity books, and corporate spokesperson came to a screeching halt on November 20th of 2019, when her 19-year-old son, Johnny, died by suicide after becoming psychotic from dabbing high THC marijuana concentrates. Lori responded by forming the nonprofit Johnny's Ambassadors to educate parents and teens about the dangers of today's high THC marijuana on adolescent brain development mental illness, and suicide. Her platform now brings education, awareness, and prevention curriculum to parents, drug prevention, conferences, community groups, and schools to stop youth marijuana use. She is a powerful speaker who brings Johnny's personal warnings and solid research together in her new book, The Dangerous Truth About Today's Marijuana, Johnny Stack's Life and Death Story. Described as a force of nature with unstoppable drive and unwavering purpose, Laura is determined to get teens to hashtag stop dabbing. Welcome, Laura. How are you, hon? Hello. Thank you for having me. I sure appreciate being here today. That is awesome. I'm glad to have you here, especially to talk about, you know, the story that you have to share with our audience, our moms, and especially ones that are going through similar situations. Um, so I have just a couple questions to ask you as a mom and as a woman, how life has changed for you. So one of my questions is what types of coping strategies you can share with us that has helped you deal with the passing of your son? Oh, that is a very important question. And I think it depends on kind of the phase that you're in when we go through uh, a trauma, a loss, or are in grief for myriad reasons. <laughs> I mean, even just with the changes that we've seen in life, it can cause sadness and depression. And regardless, we have to take better care of ourselves when we're going through tough times, mine was obviously on the extreme end of right. difficult having, having lost a child. And, you know, when that sort of thing happens to you, the very best sometimes that you can do is just get out of bed. Um, <laughs> you know, I was in a fetal position for six months, basically after Johnny died. And I think a lot of people try to just really tough it out, you know, and, make yourself get going. And I just let myself move through it, uh, allowed myself to, to sleep, to really just do whatever I thought I needed. No pressure to go to parties or socialize, you know, just give yourself permission to say no when that 
makes sense. And, and then also I did go ahead and use some, if I needed a sleeping pill, for example, I did take a sleeping pill for a few months after this trauma happened because I would have nightmares and I couldn't go to sleep. And it was physically making me ill from not being able to sleep. And, and so I think that it's fine to give yourself permission to do whatever you need um, in that particular stage as, as the acute shock of having lost my son started to kind of wear off, you know, of course I miss him every day and still do. It's been two years now since his death, Uh, but my, my self-care has kind of changed since then. And the very best thing I think I ever did was form a nonprofit. One of the things he said to me before he died three days before we were having dinner here at the house. And he told my husband and I that he said, I just want you to know you were right. And I said, about what? And he said about the marijuana, you told me that it would hurt my brain and it has ruined my mind and my life. And I'm really sorry. And I love you. And three days later, he was dead. (laughs) So this obviously to me was so important that his warning, right? What, what he said that marijuana had ruined his mind and his life. I felt so compelled to tell other 19 year old young people about this and, and about other parents, because when it first happened, I admit, I didn't really think it was a big deal because, you know, marijuana is legal and I used it when I was a kid and, oh, I'm fine. And it's just weed. Right. And I had no idea about all of the new concentrates and the dabs and the shatters and like all the new designer, very potent marijuana. I didn't know any of that. So once I discovered all this, all these lessons that I'd learned as a parent and where I was wrong, I just felt so obligated to share that with others. And I think it's for me, that altruism, that spirit of it's more important to bless other people and, and being willing to talk about something that has been so traumatic in your life. And everybody thinks, oh, that's so brave, you know, that you're, you're doing that. And actually selfishly, it's, it's quite healing. I, I really don't know where I would be if I didn't do this work, uh, because it's, been such a great outlet to bless other people by sharing his warning. So that's a great self-care strategy. If you have something in your, in your heart um, related to some negative thing that has happened to you um, to go out and, and help other people avoid that. That is amazing. Oh my goodness. I absolutely love that. That's so powerful because I do believe that too, because I can relate that on many levels. As my audience knows, I have um, postpartum depression. So for me, I was in a very, very dark state. I was like suicidal, everything, but towards myself, not necessarily to, you know, my husband or my daughter. And right. I hated that feeling. And so one of the things I wanted to do was, okay, I need to get out of this. So how can I help my self-care, help my mentality and help all of that? And so one of the things was this podcast. I knew that I love giving advice to people. I knew that I love to help others. And one of the things that helped me is to spread light to others. And that's what fills, you know, fills up my cup and able to help others as well. So 
That's a perfect example because if you're silent or if you have shame, you know, or if there's some sort of stigma, oh, you know, you, you got depressed and, you know, it, if we allow mental illness to be something that's negative, rather than saying, look, this can happen to anybody. It happened to me. Here's what I did. It gives other people power. It, it enables them to say me too, right. And to speak up and, right. and that it's not shameful so that your negative experience can then turn around and help them. And what you did to get out of it can be a blessing for them. Yes, I agree on that. And since you were talking about a little bit of the self-care strategy, that brings up my next question. (laughs) What does self-care mean to you as a mother? And can you share a little bit of what that looks like in your world? Well, you know, so many times we give and give and give and give and give as moms, you know, to our kids. And it's like, oh, you know, there's this kind of martyr almost, at least for me, like, oh, I don't, don't worry. I don't need sleep. You know, don't worry. I, I don't need to go to the bathroom and I get a bladder infection because I'm right. I, you know, I just think, I just think we just tend to to put everyone and everything uh, ahead of ourselves. And what I found happening, you know, I have three children, fortunately have a surviving, uh, my daughter's 26. She just got married and, nice. you know, and, and a son who's 20 and he's a, a junior at Colorado state university. And, you know, they're thriving and doing well. It's just to recognize that if I always give to everyone else that I give all my energy away, then I don't have anything left uh, in the tank. And then my ability to actually perform at a higher level declines, right? I I want to be uh, a great mom and a great wife and a great friend and all of these things. And if all I do is give energy away and don't reserve some and build my own energy stores, then I have nothing left to give them. Nobody wants, you know, a cranky mommy who screams at them when they come home because she's so exhausted, you know, right? Um, It's almost, it's counterintuitive that the more you take care of yourself, the more energy you'll have to give away. And so whatever self-care looks like, even, and it can be small things to just show, I think it's to show that we love and cherish ourselves. That to me is the definition of self-care. What can I do today to show myself that I love and cherish myself. And I ask that because every day it could be different. You know, it could be a different, what do I need to cherish myself today? Um, You know, it could be something simple, like I'm just going to sit down and read this magazine for 15 minutes, or, you know, I'm going to go take a bath, or it could be, I need to connect with a friend and, and have lunch for a couple hours. But I think it's critical to make sure that your calendar reflects that cherished time, uh, whatever that is for you for that particular day. And that, and that we acknowledge that we need it. It's not selfish. It's not something we should be guilty about um, and that we do it on purpose. Exactly. I so agree with that. And I actually talked about that in a couple of my other episodes is to put yourself first a little bit, you know, as moms, like you said, we give, 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 and give to the point that we don't have anything left. And how can we serve everyone else in the best way possible if we can't serve ourselves? That's right. And it's so important to keep that in mind because we as moms 
we're super women anyway. And society already put that on us anyway, even though we don't want that job. But <laughs> at the same time, we, we meet our expectations, if not more. And for us to do so, you know, we have to show care and love for ourselves. And I agree with you 100%. Yes, yes. And so my next question is, how has forgiveness helped you heal? And what can other mothers who experience similar challenges can learn about forgiveness? Well, this has been a really difficult one for me because there were so many people that, you know, who were, I believe, involved with Johnny's undoing. It's very hard not to place blame on other people. You know, you want to blame, uh, you know, the doctors for not providing the best care. You know, you want to blame the marijuana industry for making these ridiculously potent products that, you know, hurt his brain. You want to, you want to blame uh, legislators who allowed for these things to be legal. I mean, it's, it's so simple to just point the finger at other people where, you know, I've really had to practice being able to forgive all of the people who were involved because ultimately I, Johnny was a great young man and he made really poor decisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and to be able to forgive him for, for his choices, but then also to be able to forgive yourself. You know, because I think so many times when bad things happen in our lives, we go through the, oh, I should have done this and I should have done that. Or if I only would have, or, oh, if I could do this over again, you know, and we just beat ourselves up all the time. And so being able to practice forgiveness and saying, look, I, I'm not a perfect parent, but I was a pretty good one, you know, and right. I, I, I made the best decisions that I could, you know, at the time with the information that I had available and, and that he did his best too, and to be able to forgive him. And it's hard because, you know, some of the people like the ones who were involved in giving him marijuana, one young woman who punched him in the face and had domestic charges brought up against her. Um, and he had to get a restraining order against her. And when her day came in court, he had already died. And so I had to show up in court you know, to defend him and show pictures of him with a big welt on his face where she had punched him in the face. And, and that was, and that was obviously really difficult, but I told the court that I forgave her um, because she was, she was young. She was mentally ill herself. She mm -hmm. was using marijuana herself and right. she was not well. And so I couldn't, blame her using drugs and taking my son down with her because ultimately it was still my son's choice uh, right. whether to use. And a lot of people think that's so surprising that I can forgive all of these people um, who are involved in, in his um, demise, but what's the option? The option is you, it's toxic. You sit there and you seethe and you're mad for the rest of your life right? And it, it holds you back and it, it keeps you from being able to move on and to try to do something positive about it, because I'm just not going to stew in my own juices about all these people that I blame. So I think it's about not being a victim. 
Yes, I, I agree on that, you know, and forgiveness is one of the most challenging things, life learning lessons um, for anyone, especially when certain situations like that, or, you know, if you see your child in the hospital or something bad happens, or even just simple things, you know, as moms, we, we already had that instilled in our brains. As soon as we find out that there is our own little baby inside of us, our mind is already like, what's going to happen the next oh, year, two, yeah. five years, two, you, know? <laughs> yeah. you know, and it, you have to really, you know, forgive yourself and not, like you said, not to be the victim, but at the same time, tell yourself that you were and still are a great mother, no matter That's- in the situations that you're in, because it's, it's very hard. And for me, you know, my daughter's only two and I can't even imagine to lose my baby. And I, I think about that every day, oh, especially yeah. with how society is. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. And it's that no. scary world out there. And you can just it wish. Is. I would not want to be raising a, a two-year-old right now. It is like just oh, trying yes. to keep them alive seems to be difficult, you know? Difficult. Gosh. Yes. Trying to keep them from running around and hitting their head on something it's very difficult they like to run around <laughs> a lot but you know um I want to thank you so much for just sharing your story because again you're one of the first to actually be on here to really step forth and in a tragic moment like this to share with other moms. And I know there's moms out there that are going through similar situations are looking for someone that can relate to, you know, and I want to thank you for coming on to be that advocate for us. I really thank do. Thank you, Mary. If Welcome. anyone is struggling and has a, has a young person, a teen, a young adult using marijuana and is, is having a problem with it, please go to our nonprofit, which is johnniesambassadors.org. And uh, reach out to me. I'd be I'd be happy to help them get some help for their child. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I have one more question just to close the show off is what is one big major piece of advice that you would like to leave with the audience? Well, you know, the thing I always think about is what can I do today um, that is my most valuable and profitable activity that is going to impact the world in a positive way. And I always have one thing um, that I write on a sticky note every day before I go to bed that will guarantee uh, that today is going to be an amazing day. And I do that first. I really, I sit down when I have energy and um, work on something that's going to truly be, um, make a difference and be impactful. And um, so just think about that before you go to bed every day, write it on a sticky note, stick it on your computer monitor and get up and work on that one thing. And, And that's always been an activity that drives me and helps me really feel like I've gotten something important accomplished that day. Thank you so, so much. I I really do appreciate you. And one other thing I totally forgot, besides the link of johnnysambassadors.org, how else can everyone get a hold of you? Well, my email's on there, laura at johnnysambassadors.org. We're also on every social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Johnny's Ambassadors is everywhere, trying to help uh, parents and teens get educated about today's marijuana and how dangerous it is for their brain. So look us up. We'd be, we'd be happy to engage. 
Awesome, awesome. And everyone, I hope you guys heard that. I will put it all in the show notes. And so you guys can get in contact and actually learn more about her. And Laura, I want to thank you again for coming on to the show. Everyone, I will talk to you guys soon. Okay, this episode was so amazing. Wouldn't you agree? Want to hear more episodes like this? All you have to do is subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you would never miss out on a guest episode just like this one. If you found value or inspiration today, don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes and or feedback in the comment section. Looking forward to talking to you soon, beauty.